Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White, and he's back! What's up? He's back in The Great People Studio. I've been waiting five weeks. Two weeks ago wasn't real. It was a pre-recorded show. I say I've only missed three. You've been gone. Four. You've been gone four weeks. I've been gone four weeks. Yeah. Four shows. I don't know if it's been four weeks, but you've well, been I, here for Nedo, four shows. But one of the shows we pre-recorded, so three you shows. You were not in the Great People Studio for four weeks in a row. He's back. Glad to have you back, James. Glad to be back. Hey, I missed you. Where the, where the WTF? Where, where <laughs> have you been? So we actually embarked, we being uh, my myself, my wife, and uh, our kids, we invo- we... Uh, <laughs> Went on a you're, you're speechless <laughs> thirty day long uh, cross country RV uh, adventure, and wow. it was incredible. Drove uh, over eighty two hundred miles. Uh, went uh, as far as Idaho and back all wow. through the Dakotas, all sorts of you know great national parks from Glacier to Yellowstone Dang. to Tetons and. Many, many more. Uh, it was truly a life-changing experience uh, and one that I will never forget. It was uh, about a year and a half in the, in the making, planning-wise, yeah. and uh, it was it was a game-changer, wow. man. It so was incredible. Did you bring me back the little fossil in a plastic case that I asked you about? You know, the one that looks like a little crustacean? Yeah, they don't do that anymore. That's totally... that You didn't go to the right place. Um, because yeah. when I Sorry. go on eBay, right. that's where they come from. Is like Montana mm-hmm. in North Dakota. I mean, it says on there these were original. Fo- but see, I'm, I'm I don't believe the ones on eBay. I right. just don't buy it. I, I needed I needed you to eyeball the ones in Montana to prove to me that this was the real fossil from. Montana. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's real. Now you can buy petrified wood and stuff. You can buy fossilized wood. They're not really. It's just not good enough. For yeah, me. the dinosaur fossils. I, I think- have James. I have so much petrified wood in my collection. I <laughs> just. And and you can actually carbon carbon verify that those came. There's, I mean, that it's hard to get real fossils these days. Yeah, it is. We, we we didn't see any for sale at all. How much stuff did you bring back? Because you took a camper. Like you, you yeah, we've you got an RV. So much, you you only have so much room. Like so, you're gone for four weeks, right? In all these touristy trap destinations. I mean, I know they were touristy trap. Some of them, some but of not, them were very not yeah. Some trap. of them were like how much? And you've got young boys. I I know the feeling. How much? crap did you bring back with you uh i don't think we bought a single souvenir other than our tradition of buying christmas ornaments in in interesting places so we brought back some christmas ornaments no shot glasses no no indian paraphernalia no no feathers no none of that not a single t-shirt wait not one snow globe not no unbelievable not one so i'm i'm actually pretty disappointed like the the fact that you didn't bring a snow globe back, yeah, no, is mind is mind boggling. We we went in, we enjoyed shopping around in some of the tourist trap destinations like West Yellowstone uh, and 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 Keystone outside of Mount Rushmore, but uh, no, we really we really didn't bring anything back. You know, the trip was about experiences. It yeah. wasn't about stuff. It wasn't about buying stuff. You know, the only thing that the only things that we bought, like I said, are, are a tradition in our family. Pretty much every ornament on our christmas tree means something uh cool. is is from a place so we, we bought probably five or six 
Christmas ornaments, but that that was really about okay, it. Okay, okay. Kids took some rocks that I don't think they were supposed to take, but uh, those, those, by the way, those are the best rocks. Yeah, like if you know for a fact, because the sign said you will face federal prosecution for taking that rock. Oh, no, I never saw and, that sign. And you get that rock, dude. That's a game changer. I never saw that sign. That is I think, a I think it's just changing frowned experience. upon. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, if it's against federal law, it's probably beyond frowned upon. So, uh, but no, it was it was awesome and amazing that a family of four that our family can live together in that small a space. Yeah, uh, you know, for for a month, and and we are we're all still talking. Uh, Good. The divorce papers are not going to be filed. Nice. Uh, so it, it was a huge success. That's awesome. And it is a uh, precursor, your experience is yeah. a precursor to what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I, I wanted to make sure that we capture James's experience into this show somehow. And uh, so, so what we're going to talk about today, we're actually going to talk about the topic of materialism because uh, on the surface, just the word, you probably go, oh yeah. Like if, if you were like me, you get this instant feeling of, this is a problem in our world. Yeah. You may not get the feeling this is a problem in my life, but I will say it probably is, and you aren't self-identifying it enough because it's very hard to escape this particular problem. So wherever you're listening to us right now, we do the show on Facebook Live. If you're catching us there, of course, the podcast, we we deeply appreciate you sharing the podcast. If you're a podcast listener and we, we're on live radio here in Richmond, thank you for being here and allowing us to be part of this journey. And this, and, and life is just a journey. Life is a journey to the significance of what we're looking to accomplish and be in this world. And the world itself is what's going to get in our way. Because we are, especially in the United States, at a point now where very few people can't have most of what they want. And when I say that is most people don't go hungry. There are people that still do, and it's sad. But if you and I, probably if, if you're listening to us on an iPhone mm-hmm. or a computer, you don't have these challenges. No, probably not. If you are listening to us on an iPhone or a computer and you're having those challenges, your priorities are screwed up. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Um. I, I, on our Facebook post yesterday, a friend of mine commented, actually, this research question has been rolling all week on why are people so materialistic? And he's an insurance adjuster. And he shared a story on, on the Facebook research question on how he once went to a trailer that for all intensive purposes should have been, uh, what do they call that? Um, when you close it off, you can't go. Oh, condemned. Condemned. Should be condemned with a brand new Corvette sitting out front. Yeah. Messed up materialistic priorities. I mean, when your basic needs aren't being really met, but you're buying toys, there's a problem. I doubt anybody right now is listening is like that. I hope you're not. If you are, then we have to, you need to call us. We need to get this straight right now. But um, the problem that we have as a society is, it's not just the stuff, James. It's not just the stuff. It's the pursuit of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the pursuit of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the race. It's the race to accumulate. Yeah, it's the race to accumulate. It's the race for some people to, and I know we're going to talk about this later in the show, but it's the old keeping up with the Joneses, right? Yeah. I mean, we uh, we see what other people have and, and what our friends and our peers have, and we want to show them that we can have the same stuff or better. Um, mm. Gosh, it happens in a lot of certain subdivisions and neighborhoods, 
you know, mm-hmm. with cars and houses and Christmas decorations and clothes that you wear. And it goes on and on and on. All based on a feeling of deficiency. Yeah. I'm not doing enough if they've got that and I don't. I, I There's agree. a gap. There's a missing hole in my life because I know what they do for a living. They shouldn't be able to afford that. We should be able to afford that. That's exactly right. And that's that's the mindset Horrible that we get into. And, you know, I hate for us to seem at all materialistic, but we have to pay the bills around here, too. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have to take a break. It's amazing how money makes the world go round. That's right. That's don't, right. Don't go away, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. So I just posted on Facebook, what are you most materialistic about? Shoes, cars, comic books? And it was kind of a joke. Uh, Patrick almost immediately responded and said books. And this is why I want to talk about this. And I know he's materialistic about books because the dude reads like crazy. I know him. I read like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, I'll, I'll get through 50 books easily this year. And this is what we need to identify around our materialism. I don't feel like I'm materialistic about books because it's part of my journey. Like I have goals. I have calling. I have identified my significance in this world. And buying a ton of books to... Uh, broaden my mind is a part of achieving those goals. So mm-hmm. I see absolutely no materialism in that whatsoever. No, I, I would agree. Um, Beverly just posted fabric for quilts. Well, what if you're making those quilts to give to other people or to help homeless or, and I have no idea what the quilts are for. I mean, if you're just like not doing anything with the quilts, maybe, but what, what if, what if that's part of your journey? I, listen, I think that we need to define a little bit of what materialism is. So I don't I don't believe that the definition of materialism is simply having True. stuff. The fact that you and I are both wearing clothes today does not make us materialistic. Oh, no. Actually, that's a benefit to society. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, so materialism to me is the accumulation of stuff that we don't need. Mm-hmm. And... Everybody should have stuff that they that they don't need, you know, for fun in their life. We all have hobbies. We all have things that we enjoy. And materialism, I don't think, JJ, is I, – I, you may totally disagree. I don't think that it's always bad up to a certain degree. But I will tell you this. I've spent the last 30 days living out of a trailer. <laughs> uh, that sounds so and, ghetto. And – Pulling it behind my truck with a family of four. And what we never realized when we set out, but what became a major topic of conversation about midway through our trip between the four of us was how we didn't want for anything. Mm. We were extremely happy. We didn't miss the stuff that was at our house. We didn't miss our house. We didn't we we had everything that we needed right there. And this wasn't like a vacation of playing every day. I was working from the road. So there were plenty of days that I mm-hmm. sat, I have a little office in the, in the trailer that I, I would have to work. Um, and, and so everybody's just around there. And it's amazing when you get away from all the stuff that you have, how much you realize that you don't Amen. need it. And I think that this trip is going to lead to a lot of changes uh, in our in our household of of getting rid of a lot of of stuff. Yep. Let, it, let me yeah. let me share a quick story. 
well, maybe there's no such thing for me, a quick story. In 2005, it was 2004, 2005, I, I can't remember. I think it was 2004. I went on a mission trip to Armenia. And if you don't know anything about Armenia, Armenia is a former republic of the Soviet Union mm. that when the Soviet Union broke up, they became their own country again. Mm. They were the world's first Christian nation, and they were, which means they proclaimed Christian as their national religion. Right. And yet, I think the statistic was 90% of the general population call themselves Christian, but don't actually uh, practice the faith. Mm. They are surrounded by Muslim countries, and they've been at war almost their entire existence, even when they were part of the Soviet Union. When the, when the Soviet Union broke up is whenever they actually went back to war by being attacked by Azerbaijan and some of the other uh, other, other countries. Incredibly, incredibly war-torn country. Uh, we went to a, we were there for a couple of weeks. We went to a village right on the border of Azerbaijan. Like you could see the, the shot towers of Azerbaijan. We were on the border. And when you get to this uh, it's probably about 90% unemployment. When you get to this village, it looks war torn. It's run down. There's uh, wood planks holding up walls. There's no trees anywhere. They cut down trees a long time ago for fuel. What they do is they, during the summertime, they take cow manure and pat it down, mm. dry it out. And then in the wintertime, they burn that for fuel in their house. Mm. Okay. So you walk into this village and you're like, wow, this, this is third world here. This is rough the happiest people I've ever met in the entire world. Mm. Happiest people. Most of them don't have jobs. Um, they were pretty much giving us every food they had because we were Americans and we were their guests. Right. And when I came back from that, I felt dirty mm -hmm. because of all the stuff that we have. And then you collaborate or you, you connect that with how unhappy people are. It blows my mind. I mean, if you couldn't see in that, the correlation that does not exist between comfort, collections, materials, all these things, and happiness, you'll never see it. Like, the more we have, and this is all scientifically proven, the more we have, the unhappier we get. Yeah. Period. No, There's yep. no question about it. Yep. No, totally true. Did you ever watch the uh, the show uh, Wife Swap? Yeah. You know, where, and, and yeah. so the- here's I was the, on it. Where you at? No, no, I don't think so here's the thing about that, that show Wife Swap, for, for those of you that watch it. So what they would do, they would take two families and they would take a spouse from each family mm -hmm. and, they would, and they would swap them. They would make, and they always chose polar opposite mm -hmm. families. So generally speaking, one family would be very wealthy, ha, you know, live in a mansion and, and have all, and then the other family would, would be, uh, you know, working class and, and live in usually a small house and, and not have nearly as much stuff. And we used to watch this show as one of our guilty pleasures and, uh, Here's the thing about that show. In every episode that I've ever seen, it has always been the poor family that has been happier. Mm -hmm. In every single episode, without exception. They had so much less, but they were always a much happier group with their life. Yep. And that's like a running theme in that in that series. I, I don't think it's on anymore. But... Uh, that just always, that struck us as, as, as interesting. Well, it wasn't because it wasn't a quality show. I mean, it must have gotten off the air for other reasons. I'm because sure. That, that, was, that was just the best show ever. Uh, there were some wild ones on there. Uh, I found this on Huffington Post. According to a personality scale known as the experiential buying tendency scales, 
materialistic personality types do exhibit increased neuroticism, poorer interpersonal relationship, and less empathy than non-materialists. And the uh, Machiavellian personality profile characterized by envy, possessiveness, non-generosity, and the pursuit of extrinsic rather than intrinsic intrinsic goals. Um, And why this is important is because you may say to yourself, well, that's not me. Well, these aren't necessarily traits that you see outwardly. These are these are characters or traits of your character that may be residing inside of you that you're trying to cure by buying more stuff, yeah. being more successful, accumulating more money, and you get into this really nasty cycle of propelling it forward rather than trying to stifle it. So what can you do different? I was really fascinated by this, James, because... Um, I didn't think about this going into the show topic, but I found it, and it very much is based on what you experienced over the last several weeks. It's about experiential purchases. So mm-hmm. we've got material purchases, cars, shoes, houses, stuff like that. Then you've got experiential purchases, and this is where society needs to go, that if you're going to spend money to acquire things all the science shows this. You want to acquire experiences and not material possessions. Now, I think that's really tough for us because our mind says, yeah, but if I buy that TV, it's going to be here for 10 years. If I buy that week's vacation with my family, it's going to come and go. Untrue. That week's vacation with your family will be there forever. Yeah. Absolutely. Not only will it be there forever, but if you do it right, that will redirect everyone's lives because of the experience that you had with each other. And part of this research says that an experiential purchase can't make a materialistic materialist any happier because quote, they're, they're trying to impress others and it doesn't meet their psychological needs that going off somewhere and experiencing a family trip in the woods, you can't show that off. You, 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 you can't flaunt it. Come on, man, social media. So the material, good point. So the materialist, (laughs) but it's short lived, right? Yeah. Because, a friend may see that picture one time in their feed for one second, and then they're off to something else. The nice, shiny little car in the driveway keeps showing up every day. Yeah. And it makes you feel good that it keeps showing up every day. Yeah. And and how many of us, you know, you're talking about that shiny car in the driveway. How many of us have that purely to impress others rather to than to truly impress ourselves. You Mm -hmm. know, I have some friends. Now I live in the country like you do, JJ. So I don't, and I'm, I'm back in like the woods. So I I don't really have any neighbors. I I don't, I don't, I don't see your stuff. No, hide your stuff. Well, yeah, nobody cares. (laughs) And so actually, can I correct that? You don't care if anybody cares. Oh, someone may care. Maybe. But the ultimate non-caring person is you. Yeah. But I I still, But but the point is if you care too much, it drives your behavior to do some really stupid things. It does. But the the question is, if you or I lived in a really nice suburban neighborhood, then, and, and, and you and I both drive fine vehicles, but if, if we, <laughs> old, you know. Old, old fine vehicles. <laughs> how much more self-conscious, though, would you be about your car, about your house, about, Everything about you, about people seeing you walk to the mailbox to to check your mail. I mean, this is what drives Mm -hmm. a lot of it. You know, it's the keeping up with the Joneses syndrome. It is people feeling the need 
to show that they are as successful or more successful than their neighbors. And much of that is shown through the material possessions that they have that are, that are outwardly visible. And, and people generally believe that making money and obtaining material possessions will improve their lives. But materialism it repeatedly has been shown to be detrimental to well-being. Yeah. So why do we do it? Why, why does it keep driving us? It's because it gives us this short-term chemical effect of happiness. Mm-hmm. That is actually incredibly bad for us. Incredibly bad. And we're, we're, we're up on our, our second break. So when we come back, we need to start talking about what can we do different. And I implore upon you, if you at, or have listened this far into the show and you're still thinking, well, that's probably not me, I need you to do a better self-evaluation. In today's world, it almost can't not be you. We are surrounded by it. The rising tide raises all boats when it comes to materialism. Think about everything that you have now and everything that you had 10 years ago. You probably still don't need a lot of the stuff that you've got right now. And I know from my perspective, I've created a lifestyle for my family that I now have to maintain. And I'm not super happy about that. I'd like to go in reverse on some of the stuff. When we get back, I'm going to talk about some things that I'm in the middle of right now that I'm trying to not be materialistic about, don't go away. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. It's story time on The Great People Show. Here we go. There was once a businessman who was sitting by the beach in a small village. As he sat, he saw a fisherman rowing a small boat towards the shore, having caught quite a few fish. The businessman was impressed and asked the fisherman, how long does it take you to catch so many fish. The fisherman replied, oh, just a short while. Then why don't you stay longer at sea and catch even more? The businessman was just astonished. This is enough to feed my whole family, the fisherman said. The businessman then asked, so what do you do for the rest of the day? And the fisherman replied, well, I usually wake up early in the morning, go out to sea, catch a few fish, then go back and play with my kids. In the afternoon, I take a nap with my wife. and evening comes, I join my buddies in the village for a drink. We play guitar, sing, and dance throughout the night. The businessman offered a suggestion to the fisherman. I am a PhD in business management. I could help you to become a more successful person. From now on, you should spend more time at sea and try to catch as many fish as possible. When you've saved enough money, you could buy a bigger boat and catch even more fish. Soon you'll, have, you'll be able to afford to buy more boats, set up your own company, your own production plant for canned food, a distribution network. By then, you will have moved out of this village and where you can set up an HQ to manage all of your other branches. And the fisherman continued, after that, the businessman laughs. Well, after that, you can live like a king in your own house. And when the time is right, you can go public and float your shares in the stock exchange and you will be rich. The fisherman asked, and after that, the businessman says, well, after that, you can finally retire. You can move to a house by the fishing village, wake up early in the morning, catch a few fish, return home to play with the kids, have a nice afternoon up with your wife. And when evening comes, you can join your buddies for a drink, play guitar, sing and dance through the night. And the fisherman said, well, isn't that what I'm doing now? That we spend, folks, we spend almost our entire life sacrificing what we could have now for the life that we want to have. 
when we get to a physical point where we probably can't even have that life in 40 years are gone for the, quote, pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And I was kind of chopping up this quote earlier that most of our life we sacrifice our health in order to have success and money. And then it gets to the point where we have to spend all that money and success in order to save our health or, or get it back. Yeah. And, and we, just, we just pursue the wrong things. Um, when, we went to, when we went to Facebook on the research question and asked, why are people so materialistic? Um, Kent said it's easier to buy a thing people will respect than to earn the respect through other deeds. Folks, you don't need to buy anything to gain someone's respect, period. Gloria said instant gratification. CJ said pride. James, well, you were just being sarcastic. Sorry. Did you buy me something, by the way? Because that's what I thought you meant by that. You were out shopping for me. No. Um, Drew said to feel inadequately, inadequately built souls to seek validation. A lot of our behaviors and habits today, especially around materialism, you and I talked a little bit this, about this too. Some people are born in poverty. Some people are born with very little. So when they get an opportunity in life to have something, you go ballistic. Yeah. Others of you, and I think my dad was this person, where when you grow up, with, he grew up in the Depression, you try to live as frugal as you can for the rest of your life. In many cases, you're afraid it could go away any moment because you know what that feeling is like. Mm-hmm. That's based in fear. Yeah. That's not based in growth. So, this, so here, here's the number one point that I want everyone to know about on the show. It's not materialism. It's not wrong if you have a vision, goals, long-term and short-term, purpose, calling, and what you're investing your money in is the future that you believe, the present and the future that you believe is right for you. And here's my case. I've been finishing my unfinished basement for seven months now, and I've been doing most of the work. It's cost me a lot of money, James. I don't need extra space in my house, period. Don't need it. And it's, it's not the amount of money that I want to spend, even though I've done a lot of the work myself, but here's my vision. So we live, we live kind of rural. I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. I want my kids, when they become teenagers, to have a reason to stay at home a little bit, to hang out, give them a place to feel comfortable and safe without having to go somewhere else to go do it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I want a place that. I can create more content for our listeners. So I'm actually building a part of this out to be a little studio that I can give more to others. And then the other piece of it, well, there's a bathroom, but we know about that. The other piece of it is uh, I have not been exercising like I have, like I should have been for the last year and a half now. So a little, little piece of it is a place for me to do some workouts at my house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that every piece of this money that I'm investing is something for the family or something to better me so that I can help other people. And I went into it with that thought process. It wasn't like, oh, you know, we've got this extra space. We got to just go ahead and build it out because why not? Uh-uh, no, that's, that's not how I thought about it. And yet still at different moments of this journey, I felt a little guilty over, should I, should we really be spending this kind of money? And I don't know if that's a good defense mechanism to make sure that I'm on the right path with it or not. Or if there's actually something speaking into my head that's just negative thoughts I shouldn't let in. I feel very, very comfortable that this is right for 
my vision of what me and this family is going to be going through in the next 20 years. Yeah. I mean, materialism doesn't, (laughs) just because you have nice things, that does not mean that you are being materialistic. Very true. And this is where I think the whole definition gets a little bit dicey because it's like, okay, well, what is, what is materialism then? I mean, you know, you just said you don't need the space, but, but you just built it out, but it all has a purpose. You know, I, I, the, the, the trailer that I'm talking about, the RV that we spent on this trip, it is, it's really nice. We had it, we had it custom built. It's, it's awesome. Mm. It is beautiful. And it's it's small, but it's beautiful. You know, could we have made the trip in something far less, you know, smaller? Sure, sure. we could have. We could have had a little pop up camper, and and we would have survived. Uh, I enjoyed the nice <laughs> hailstorm. Yeah, we did have a couple hailstorms. We had a few, yeah. um, but we like having this this the RV that we have. Materialism, I think, JJ, comes down to buying things that you don't need without true purpose. Things that will exactly. not genuinely enhance your life. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you have if you have, you know, twenty suits, you you probably don't need to go out and buy three more Armani's. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you are buying things and you find that the thrill that you get is in the purchase and not in the use, if you find that your motivations are to keep up with the people who you live around or who you work with, et cetera, those are reasons that you probably need to take a second look as, as to what, what, what you're doing. Yeah. And that's, that's being compelled emotionally to, to do something. And I also want to be very clear. This isn't about making that big decision to buy a new big screen TV or to buy the new car. These are daily decisions that you're making that end up leading to the accumulation of stuff down the road. Right. If you consider yourself to be a workaholic, is a driving force to make sure that you have enough money to live a certain lifestyle? Because You may be taking calls during family time. You may be distracted by your phone because you realize, well, I need to do what I got to do in order to have this over here. And you don't really connect that minute by minute, day by day, hour by hour. And it's feeding some really, really bad behaviors on your part. And and then that, that ends up affecting your relationship with your kids. Now, here's some really interesting data points that I found, James. This this actually blew my mind that materialists lower life satisfaction levels may be a result of having fewer social connections. For example, materialists experience difficulty in establishing close relationships and rate their relations less favorably because they express less empathy, objectify people. Materialists feel like they are alienated from people. Mm. And, in, and, and we know a lot of times the materialism is, is rooted in the need to be happier with other people. Yeah, to be liked by other people, to build social connections. When a lack of happiness with your social connections is driving that behavior and then actually driving people further away from you. So it's it's actually very much tied in to how how good our relationships are right now. Yeah. And 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 it's a nasty cycle that we end up that we think if we 
if I spend more time working, providing more for my family, that my family will like me more as a result of that. And that's just not true. I don't think many people consciously believe that. I'm worried about those of you that are listening that are unconsciously doing this. Mm -hmm. You're very driven by all the wrong things. And it's a nasty, it's, it's a really, it's a big hole to climb out of whenever, because um, you're good at this kind of stuff. And I'm putting you on the spot. If I were to buy a $1,500 TV today, and instead of investing it in the stock market, let's say I could get a 7% return on the stock market. What's that $1,500 TV going to cost me in 30 years? Oh, in 30 years? Yeah. Like, because there's, there's, there's no accumulation of wealth on the TV but there is accumulation of wealth on the $1,500 if I put it in the stock market for the next 30 years at a 7% rate. There is. Isn't it like $50,000 or something like that? Yeah, I Some mean, crazy you, number. The way it would compound, yes. Compound, it could be, yes. Yeah, it could, be, yeah. it could be a lot of money. A lot of money. But, you know, I, I think the TV might, you can get some enjoyment out of that TV though. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, I can get enjoyment out of a, Used fifty dollar TV I buy at the yard sale. Can you? Yeah. I mean, you know, some. Well, TV in my house. I may is, not have a Super Bowl party over it, but you know, TV in my living room is twelve years old. So I'm, I'm, I'm. I right got a ten year old TV. Yeah, in in the the main room. I actually did buy a new big TV for the basement, and that's why I'm bringing this up because I didn't want to have to buy that TV. But I renovated the basement, so I needed the TV. And is it part of the? By the way, the kids have been in the basement like every single day since I've installed that TV, enjoying themselves. So yeah. they're that's and that's what I get joy out of. Ironically, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't watched anything on that TV yet. So it does boil down to to motives and what's really are you trying to fill an empty part of your soul by staying in the rat race, keeping up with the Joneses? Yeah. And in the long term, it's not going to get you there. I want to talk more about this in just a minute, but uh, we got to take a minute. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. So uh, as we were going into break, you were talking about, you know, buying the TV and mm-hmm. uh, and the return uh, if you'd put the money in the stock market instead. And I'll tell you something that's always been a very sensitive point with with me is the biggest thing that we spend every single day is time. And time is a currency that, uh, that, that we can't get more of. Uh, we have a finite amount of it on this earth. You have a finite amount of it at, at, with your kids. Uh, as they're growing up, you have a finite of time with your wife, with your career, and so forth. And we all have to make the decision how much of that time we are going to spend making money to buy stuff and how much of that time we are going to spend making memories and making a life that we will be truly proud to reflect back on. And that, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't work. I mean, we all have to be able to provide for our families, but 
in in my own life, JJ, and I know you and I have talked about this before. Uh, my wife and I used to own a, a pretty large company, and we made more money with that by far than we have ever made with anything else mm-hmm. we've done. We were both working about a hundred hours a week each. Each. Oh yeah, Woo. each. Each. Um, and it occurred to us that what what we were doing, even though we were building a successful company and we were making all kinds of money, it it this was not going to fulfill us. This is going to lead to to a life where where you had money and you had possessions, but you had no time to to enjoy anything, to have experiences. And we sold that company and you know, Catherine, we, we had kids and Catherine stays and, and she raises our kids. And, and obviously I, I, I work, but in a career now with a lot more flexibility where I can do things like work from the road and, and take a trip like this. And we had to make the conscious decision of making less money, but having a lifestyle that was going to enrich us so much more mm-hmm. than any of the extra possessions we could have ever gained uh, from from working that way. And I would encourage all of our listeners to think about how you spend your time and and what are your motivations mm-hmm. and what are you really getting out of it? Because that that is the question that we asked ourselves mm-hmm. several years ago. Very fair question to ask yourself. I don't think most people ask those questions uh, even maybe annually. Yeah. Why, why am I doing what I'm doing? The very first step into really ensuring that your materialism is on the right path. I mean, we're all materialistic. We all have to have basic needs of, of living and, and it can go, and it can go from there is to self-evaluate yourself <clears throat> by asking yourself, why do I even have what I have? Mm. Why do I have the house that I have? Why do I have the car that I have? Why, why do I have the job that I have? And in, in, in a, I spending almost all of my time just to maintain what I have when I'm not spending enough time with people because yeah. a vast majority of what we have is because of our success working and that propagates more working and that creates more excuses on why you can't spend time with friends, why you can't spend time with your kids, why you can't spend time with your spouse. I live in the rat race. I, I, I would love to get out of the rat race, but we're all built for work. It doesn't say you, you, you don't work. It's just no. you get to work for the right reasons, for the right outcomes, not just to have stuff. Um, here's a big question that you should ask yourself right now. Do I value material possessions over experiences? Are you saying to yourself, well, I really can't afford to take that time off right now to go on another vacation? Are you saying to yourself, I don't know that we could afford to go and do that this weekend. You can't say that and then look over here to this stuff that you have, knowing that you got to go to work to pay off the debt for all that stuff. Mm. That's hypocritical. That's untrue. That's false. So you really need to look at it that way. And the only reason I can sit here and really drop that truth bomb on you, I've been there. I've caught myself. I know what that feels like. And it's a detriment to the relationship with other people that you have in your life right now. You just can't say those things. How do you spend your money? More importantly, how do you spend your time making that money? 
Um, it, this to me is the biggest one is how you have constructed your life in line with your short-term, long-term goals. And more importantly, your values mm-hmm. is what you're doing for what you have part of your value system. I don't think most people sit around and actually think of their values. Everyone has values, whether you think about them or not, you have values and you act upon those values is how you're investing your life in line with those values. Do you even have a long-term goal, right? Most people I think generally say, yeah, I'd like to be retired by 65, Yep. but you're not engaged in an, in a planning process that takes you through every year of your life up to that point. I'm really big in what one of my favorite sayings is write your vision in pencil and give God the eraser Mm. because so many things can happen to change your course, but that's not an excuse for not knowing exactly where you want to be when you're 65 years old. And I don't mean money. That's a part of it. We need that as fuel for what we want to get done in life. In many cases, I'm talking about the minute-by-minute investment of time that you make every single day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, knowing what you're in it for. I don't think most of you know what you're in it for. These are daily decisions. What you have decided to do today, if you're listening to The Great People Show right now, I'm hoping it's because you want to take one thing from it and go do something different in your life. That's why you should invest your time in listening to our show. These are daily decisions that you're making hour by hour that will have effects for the rest of your life. You know, the joke now all of a sudden is, will, that, will buying that $1,500 TV cost you $30,000 in the long run? Yes, maybe, probably. Will that create some sort of a value inside your household that redirects your, 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 your kids somewhere because you've created a place for them to come like I'm trying to do so that they know that their parents, my kids' parents, me. You, yeah. <laughs> a little grammatically wound up there. Know that, hey, I can go there anytime and hang out. I don't need to run away from the house to go have fun with my friends mm-hmm. and get into some trouble, if you That's know right. what I mean. You can bring your friends here. We've got the hub. Yeah, you've got the TV. Maybe I'm, a little being, maybe I'm being a little too protective. You've got a bar down there too, don't you? Well, it's not a stocked bar, <laughs> but it's a bar nonetheless. Um, so if, if buying, is another question asked you, if buying something material or even experiential gives you a feeling of guilt, shame, stress, you have to pay close attention to that, but watch for the false flag because the guilt may be trying to keep you from doing something that you know you should be doing more of and not less of like spending more time at work. Um, and here's a tactic I've always used, James. If it's a big, big decision, yeah. I wait. Mm-hmm. I sit on it, man. It's, it's like, it's torture to sit on that decision. Nine times out of 10, it kind of fleets away. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't really necessarily want it, but I feel like I have to have it. Tracy, we, we were talking earlier in the show about shoes. I don't know if you do that or not. You kind of wait on that shoe purchase. Like, okay, I'm going to let it sit there. And no, she, was, she, she was saying she earlier how the, the, re, the retargeting of marketing doesn't allow her to wait. It just keeps showing back up on her Facebook right. feed. And it's like, you want me. You want my pair of shoes. Is your level of lifestyle congruent with your values? It's a big question you should ask yourself. Mm. Does mm. it tie into all your long-term goals? And are you living your life or is your life living you? Because if this whole thing you've constructed is dictating, 
I know people, James, that can't leave a job. They are miserably unhappy because it's given them the income they need to pay for the stuff that they have. Man, that's not a place to be in. Who owns your life? Does the bank own your life or do you own your life? Yeah. I mean, and it, that can be a tough question because there are lots of people out there who don't, who don't love their jobs, but it's a good job. And is it, is it just means to an end? Materialism could be the ultimate distraction holding you back from your purpose, holding you back from obtaining the significance that you already have been given in your life, but you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't taste it, because you got to get up and get to work by 7 a.m. so that you can work till 6 to produce what you need to produce, just to have the things that you have that you can't really enjoy anyway. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Uh, We talked last week on our show about significance. This could be the biggest barrier. And folks, I want you to start taking down this barrier. Don't sell everything. Don't go and put your house in the market after listening to the show. Just really think and listen to your heart as you make these minute by minute daily decisions every life is, am I doing what I need to do that really matches to where I want to be in my future? Uh, I'm really curious from some of you that are listening right now, If you're having trouble figuring out what you're doing, what you want to be, we are your coach on call here, folks. Not just listening to the show, but you can email me anytime, jj at greatpeopleshow.com and say, you know, I'm struggling with this right now. I'd like your opinions or advice. And I got plenty of advice. Never mind that. Most of it's not great, but I've got plenty of advice. And just email me anytime. You never sleep. I never sleep. Um greatpeopleshow.com is our website where you can catch all of our previous shows. I actually talked to a guy yesterday. He said, I went back and listened to some of your old stuff. And I was like, oh gosh. Yeah, I had the same conversation with someone last I night. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to ask any more after yeah. that. You know, because we, we always strive to get just a little bit better every week. We do. <laughs> we do. 63 episodes in, I don't want to know what the first one's like. So, uh, so thank you all for being here. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of your journey to take over your life, to have the life that you're supposed to have. See ya. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.